y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Panel Room, the podcast where I interview members of the G4 community. This week, guys, you know, G4 is kind of taking a bit of a break, but we've been providing different kinds of content for y'all this week. And the podcasts are still going uh, to give y'all something to listen to and experience. This week, guys, uh, we have somebody for the first time that's on the podcast. A person that I've seen around here and there. You may have seen this person as well on uh, some of the G4 charity streams. And that's Swiper. Yeah, hi. Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm I'm glad to be here. Oh, well, no. Thank you uh, for doing it. Because as soon as I saw it, I was like, you know what? And I didn't think about this before. And then I don't don't know what it was. Something was being talked about or whatever. I was like, Swiper, yes. I need to get Swiper on. Because I'm trying to still... You know, you're always trying to find something new to get on the podcast and everything. And I was like, Swiper, yes, I need to get Swiper on here. So, and yes, I think, okay, so, but first off, uh, before we start, because I remember too, because Swiper is also kind of part uh, of the sort of uh, Jeff Keeley Game Awards uh, Realm Spear community thing. Uh, I think if I remember right, that's like one of the first places I ever saw it. Because I've never done... So, basically, for those who don't know, uh, the last year, Keeley did this thing where he would do these, like, Zoom interview things. And uh, you could just, like, sign up for it and hop in on the Zoom with a bunch of people. And every once in a while, people could ask questions about what's going on with the Game Awards. They get feedback on what people want to see. And not just Game Awards still, too, but even stuff, other things that he was working on. Uh... And things like that. So it went on for a little bit there. But I think I remember, if I remember right, I remember seeing on there at least like once or twice asking you some question. And then I remember like seeing your name and then I saw you on the charity like G4 stream thing. I was like, aha, I know that person. That person looks very familiar. Why did I know them? And I was like, wait, they're part of this. I was like, oh, they're this person. And then, well, here we are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I was actually uh surprised that i got to take part in the whole like jeff Keeley like zoom talks that was um a really pleasant surprise for me i think i was in what year is that it seems like all time is just a construct at this point but um my junior year of college um i was still doing homework and stuff and the year was wrapping up so i was looking for like something fun I could take a part of. So um, I saw Jeff Keeley post on Twitter that he was doing this thing where it'd be like this Zoom call where you get to talk with people in the industry and um, or you'll get the opportunity to. Not everybody gets to speak, but um, if you get there early enough, you have a better chance. And I was not expecting it to be as like cool or as interesting as it was. So I'm really glad I took a part of that. Um, but yeah, I was definitely, I'm just like trying to get more involved into all of the the gaming news and like just learn more about the gaming industry because I found that I've just been um, like really interested in it. And uh, yeah, I'm just trying to learn more. Oh, oh, no, that's awesome to hear. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'm glad he, he did that. And, and yeah, he, I mean, he had some notable people in the industry on there and to be able to ask those questions was really cool. You know, sometimes yeah. there's a bit of wonky. There were some interesting people on here or there, but that kind of comes with the territory, I guess. But absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's certain ones, but like he would have, you know, different people on each week, you know, um, uh, the mustard man, you know, Donald Muster yep. from Fortnite. I mean, I mean, there was a whole bunch of Ashley Johnson, which was cool. Uh, you know, a bunch of people. Uh, I think he might be doing it again. Maybe, possibly. I'm not uh, sure. I don't know. Yeah, I've actually tweeted at him a couple times just to be like, "Hey, Jeff, I didn't forget. Are we gonna do this again?" And I did not get a response. But I would really love it if he did that because I, it was just. Not only was it a great opportunity to possibly speak to some of the people who are like making big moves in the industry, it was also just a way to kind of like get inside their heads a little bit and understand like why they might be making some of the moves that they're making, as Mm -hmm. well as um, their perspectives on different topics, which really only like gaming reporters get that kind of chance. So it was really cool to have just like some some regular gamers off the street, I guess, (laughs) ask these questions to these people. 
Yeah, and what's great, too, is that, like, I still get, I don't know about you, but, like, I still get emails and stuff, too. Like, I get sent assets for, you know, OpenAI Live and when you did Summer Games Fest to, like, co-stream yeah. it, which is dope, even as, like, a smaller streamer, that it's, like, to have the advantage of that is really cool. And uh, there was one, too, about uh, a screening for free guy. That, that, that he was doing his own screening free guy and I couldn't go to it because I was doing something else at that time but uh, mm. I was like oh this is a cool thing I hope he does more of that uh, now I can't remember uh, whether or not have you been to the game awards before I've never been to the in person game awards and what's interesting is like when I say like I've literally just become like very interested in the gaming industry like this it's very literal like i think i probably started watching the game awards like after joker was revealed in the smash because i was huge into persona at the time <laughs> and my brother who's also i don't think he's as interested in persona but he definitely has an interest he texted me the night after joker got revealed for smash and he's like hey do you know joker was in smash and i'm like stop lying like that's not funny <laughs> and then he sends me a link to a video so i'm thinking it's gonna be like a troll video or something and then it actually happened and i just was like i was freaking out like oh my god i can't believe they did this this is insane and uh i think it was like that moment onwards i'm like i'm watching all the game awards from now on and i just slowly got more and more into um all kinds of other gaming events but I have unfortunately not been to any in-person game awards, but hopefully in the future. Yeah, no, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I, as a person, still not play Persona Five. Uh, I I could tell you I was there. That was the I was in person for oh, that moment, so and I could tell you that the pop that that got that moment was by far like the big as loud as that theater got the entire rest of the night. I don't remember what else was shown. Mm -hmm. It showed some other cool stuff, but man, that the the pop that got when that got out, holy bananas. That was that was something uh, <laughs> to see. Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I went, and also to yeah, I hope you get to go. I I've, I attended once as a normal attendee, and then did once like a seat filler and all that. But it's a great opportunity to be in the same room with a lot of people in the industry. Like a lot of the ones that have been on our shows and podcasts and stuff, a lot of them are right there. I mean, I was a seat filler for and like I was like front row seat filler. For like an hour i was like right in the like i i, I was probably i don't know how many shots i was in but i was probably in quite a few shots uh when the cameraman goes around the gaming awards and stuff oh, uh that's cool. i was literally front row aisle seat in the corner and i had no idea who i was a seat filler for and then i was there for a good part like i said a good 45 minutes an hour i was in this one particular seat and I was wondering whose seat I was in. I was like, this is such a good view that I'm even here this long. And then mm -hmm. sure enough, the person that comes to take their seat was Phil Spencer. And Phil Spencer oh, comes wow. with his wife and he's like, hey, can I sit here? And I was like, sure thing, Phil Spencer. I'm going to dip out this way. And it was just <laughs> so weird that that was a thing. And then I think I like sat next to Clay Dexter at one point too. And that was experience, but the first year I went, and this is too, I really wish the PlayStation would come back. I have to deviate more about me, but the PlayStation convention was one of my favorite conventions I went to, and the first year I went to the Game Awards, they had a combo ticket to where you could like buy tickets to the PlayStation conventions was two days, and then a ticket to the Game Awards, which was the Thursday or Friday before as a combo thing, but... Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, uh... But that, it's worth going to. The tickets aren't too bad. They have special VIP ones, but it's worth going. Yeah, you get to meet a lot of uh, people in the industry at the gaming awards. So I'm. So this is. I want to get back to you. So I'm really curious. So you say you only recently just got into the gaming industry in general in terms of interest, or have you been playing games most of your life, but just wasn't interested in the industry so much? Um. So I actually start off playing on the original Xbox with my brother. Um, mm. My mom used to work at Microsoft, so oh, um, I guess she, yeah, she just got it as like, uh, hey, you work at Microsoft, you have this new product we're coming out with. So hey. um, I played a few games on the original Xbox, and then I was pretty sporadic until probably... 
probably the end of, or I should say the beginning of high school. I played a lot of like Super Smash Bros and um, like Dragon Ball Z Tenkaichi 3, but that was only in like a party setting. So other than that, I never really played games by myself until towards the beginning of high school when I thought about streaming. So I played the original Final Fantasy 7 for the first time, which was, um, that was incredible. And um, I think I probably started looking more in depth into the industry probably within the last couple years just because it started with my interest in like oh like when's this game coming out or the behind the scenes for this game is really cool um like the last of us documentary that they had where they talked about the the process of making the game and Mm -hmm. just that experience like i thought that was extremely interesting so um yeah i think it all just I guess I, I kind of got back to it the more I started playing games. I just became more interested in it. I think part of that is because I'm an adult now, so I notice all like the little details, and I'm like, oh, like that's a really cool touch that they did. Or, oh, this song is an absolute banger. Like I need to add it to my phone. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been like within the past two years or so, I've been really, really trying to pay more attention to what's been going on. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Yeah, I've I couldn't tell you the last time, because you're so used to, especially being a comedian like this, it's just, it's hard to not assume that, oh, everybody's in here automatically been playing games the majority of their life, you know, watching for, you know, so it's like, oh, we know about Mm -hmm. the gaming industry, we pay attention to that, but to talk with somebody who's only fairly recently got into it, that's awesome, you know, it's, and again, being an adult, yeah, it puts a lot more things in perspective, even going back and watching old stuff, you see it differently than you used to. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And especially, too, you're coming at a good time where, uh, like, documentaries are becoming a thing again. Uh, you have no clip in these other sites that are creating these documentaries. Like, they did the uh, God of War, you know, did their own as well. Mm-hmm. And it gives you good insight into kind of how things work. I wanted to get to... Tell me about what is it that you do? You say you were in school, but are you out of school now? And what what is it like that you majored in? Um, so right now I am a senior going to the University of Chapel Hill. And I'm studying advertising and media production. Um, so I am actually, I'm kind of at another like impasse. Because I think when I was getting ready to graduate high school... I was kind of unsure about what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm really interested in is like kind of the way that people's minds work and how they think about certain things, which is why initially I was going to look into psychology. Mm-hmm. And mom's like, you know, psychology is kind of a hard field to make a um, to make the amount of money that like you're accustomed to having as far as like lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Which it's not always about the money, but I would be lying if I said I didn't enjoy like the current lifestyle that I have. So I looked into something that was going to be along the same lines where I do have to kind of empathize with people and try and figure things out as far as um like where their head is at. Mm-hmm. And advertising is definitely like a good place to go for that. Um, so I ended up doing advertising and I actually started making YouTube videos uh, towards the beginning of my college career and I found that I really enjoyed that and I ended I ended up joining my um, student television club and I really loved making videos with them so I decided to add my uh, media production major onto that so yeah I'm in the last year of my undergraduate career which is crazy to think about considering the the whole my whole junior year was um, online so yeah it's been wild it's been a wild ride Man, no, that's crazy. I I can relate to that. I had a similar thing where I majored in computers, but like partway into it, I kind of lost interest and I just kind of finished it, agreed to finish it. But like you, I joined my own version of a sort of film club society group and started making videos that way. And the same thing. I realized I was like, oh, this is kind of more what I want to do. You mentioned you did YouTube videos. So what kind of YouTube videos did you do? So I 
once again i'm like i'm like changing up my whole lifestyle here mm -hmm. but uh right now i make more videos along the lines of reviews so right now i'm looking at the marvel what if series which i've been having um a lot of fun with mm -hmm. and um i'm also trying to get more into creating video essays because i really enjoy those kind of in-depth videos and i think that probably mm -hmm. stems from like the documentaries and stuff that i watched on different video games like the last of us um so that's something i'm hoping to do in the near future and then I also have a gaming channel where now I'm kind of moving it more towards gaming news, um, but I also still do a lot of playthroughs on there of just games that are might might or might not be in my backlog and um, some new games that have also come out too. So yeah, it's like a, a whole range of content, but I've been really enjoying just creating and um, giving people my perspective on different things. Oh, no, that's awesome to hear that you're just making stuff. That's sometimes what you got to do. It's just make content you know you just do yeah. it uh, that's the best way you can learn so because you do such a variety of stuff then is there either is there a particular like position you want to be at or like a particular place do you want to be at is it more of like on-camera talent stuff is it more in terms of writing stuff is it a bit of both like do you have an idea of where in the production you want to be whether it's in front of the scenes or behind the scenes oh um, so i really like editing and i kind of like putting um scenes together mm -hmm. i haven't worked with a whole lot of live action just because um when i joined the student television club like the very next semester everything shut down so that's something i'm looking forward to doing more this year uh as far as being on camera I do enjoy it, although I think, uh, I don't know. It's just like sometimes I get like stage fright, I guess, or I get nervous, um, which I mean, it's going to happen just because it's not something I'm used to doing, but I definitely do enjoy like expressing myself and uh, giving my opinion out there for others to interpret or judge or do what they will with it. So um, something I've been thinking about is like possibly maybe taking like some kind of hosting position if I can't do editing just because um I do do a lot of like videos where I will host uh different things and like on Twitch I'm basically like hosting a, a show for people to enjoy um but yeah I'm like very much so thinking about every like every question that you asked me so far, I ask myself literally every day because I'm like, <laughs> I'm running out of time here. So it's time to make a decision. No, I mean, I, I I still do sometimes, you know, after I'm hitting my 30s now, you know, and it was one of those things like in my 20s, I was still trying to figure things out. And people are like, oh, it used to be, you know, in your 20s, you had to figure out. But now it's kind of like 30s is a new thing. So once you start getting your 30s, you're okay to still discover whatever you, who you are, what you're doing. And then I turned 30. And a week and a half later, we're in the pandemic. And I'm like, well, this is a good start. Because I was so gun-ho of just being like, this is it. A new fresh start. And then, pfft. Uh, so. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm doing my own thing through this, I guess. So, so having, okay. So then, what is, what is your history with G4? Or do you have one? Because you've gotten later into knowing the gaming industry stuff, but did you still ever watch G4 when it was originally on? Good lord. Um, so what's interesting is that I think I watched G4 in passing while I was still on TV. Mm. It wasn't something that I watched uh, very frequently as like a, a kid. Mm. I think partially because it was on like that channel that is just like it was so far away from like Cartoon Network or like Nickelodeon <laughs> or Disney that I was just like I I don't know what channel it is so if I happen to find it I'll find it but um yeah G4 was interesting to me because it was centered around gaming um and at the time I think I was still playing on the original Xbox so it was just fascinating to me that like they actually had gameplay on the screen and somebody mm. was talking about it. I'm like, wow, that is wild. Um, and I think that's probably around the time I started watching YouTube as well. And I saw like other people making um, gameplay content, uh, which I've been watching um, like different creators. Like, uh, I don't know if anybody knows Uber Hacks or Nova, but I've been watching him since since forever and what it feels like um 
but yeah, I was I did know about G four, which is why when they announced they were coming back, I'm like, oh my god, like this is perfect because now I'm an adult. I can actually like watch and understand what's going on and they'll give me like really cool updates on like what's going on in the game industry now that I'm interested in the game industry. So I just wanted to be like as much I wanted to be involved as much as I could because G4 is a very like special and I could tell it was special to a lot of people because when the announcement came out, it was like everything was sitting around G4 like, oh my God, G4 is coming back. Can you guys believe that? And uh, I just so happened to be like getting introduced to reddit at the time as well because uh i don't know i just like i got onto a lot of things late and one of them uh was reddit but i saw the reddit i saw like the uh talent requests go out there so that was cool to see like some of the people who were on reddit actually made it to be a part of the crew as well um but yeah other than that i am very fresh to like the older g4 stuff I've been going back and watching some of the um, uh, older shows that have been like cataloged on YouTube, like Attack of the Show. But uh, yeah, all the newer stuff I've really been enjoying, and I'm like happy to see like some of my favorite creators um, be a part of it. Uh, no, that's that's good. Hey, you know, it's it's the fact that you know you knew at least knew about you knew enough to where like okay i know this is something this opportunity to hop in and hey you know even if you're a new person to watch as much moves around you know again it, you're it's we're all at the heart of g4 here it's this community of people and new people are always welcome in i'm glad that you discovered it or in here with us you know it's again i like even talking with you and i know you and i are kind of similar in terms of like what we enjoy and what we like which is why we're in these different sort of communities that happen to just keep running into each other yeah uh, it's it's awesome and so you mentioned that you started watching older stuff like attack show things like that have you had the chance to watch anything besides like attack show x play did you ever watch uh like uh one of the shows there was a lot of shows that didn't last super long but that were there but did you ever watch anything else or was that the main stuff you've watched so far have you ever seen like their convention coverage or anything like that i watched i can't remember what year it was but i did watch their coverage of e3 which was super interesting to have that kind of flashback um because Mm -hmm. when e3 was coming up This year, I was doing a lot of research for it because I wanted to talk about it in a video. And so I watched uh, some of the G4 coverage of E3. And it's just wild to see how much that convention has grown, how much the gaming industry has grown, and how, like, the hosts of G4 have matured and just, like, gained so much more knowledge and poise on camera. Um, But, yeah, I I really enjoyed their their coverage of uh, E3. And I'm trying to think. Outside of that, I don't think I've seen too much yet. I still, I still have a lot of, um, a lot of episodes to watch. No, no, that's cool. I highly recommend if you haven't gotten around to it yet. Uh, I know on the G4 Rewind channel, they sometimes show episodes on there. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh. One of the moderators, uh, Nux, he also runs this uh, this side channel that shows, like, older G4 content. Uh, he usually keeps it going for a while. It's called G4 Rewind. Uh, I would check it out because sometimes he shows old shows there. One of the ones I recommend for you to watch, uh, wherever you can find it, is Icons. I don't know if you've heard us in the community talk about Icons, but it's essentially what all this gaming documentary stuff, no clip and all that, it's basically is what they used to do. It was a show that was basically that back in the day, like in early G4 days. And it okay. would just be yeah. about a particular studio or company. And a lot of people want that show to come back, especially now where this kind of content has kind of blossomed within the last couple years. Just yeah. happened to be. Uh, so I highly, highly recommend you watch Icons, even though old episodes are still kind of worth seeing to see like what the gaming industry and mentality was like at that time. So I recommend that. I think you'd really like it. Uh, so I wanted then to get... That's so interesting. So you never went... Did you ever go to anything on the website at all? Or was it just, again, just pass by through the TV when it was on? Yeah, no, I've never, I was never on the website um, back when it was originally on air. I think the only 
like few web pages that were on were probably like lego.com <laughs> um cool okay. math games and then like maybe pbs kids because they had some really fun computer games on there too Heck but yeah. other than that oh yeah and probably youtube as well okay. but yeah i was like very very fresh to gaming and like the majority of the internet <laughs> so oh, yeah wow. this is all like yeah like a kind of like an awakening for me like i've leveled up now i can i can access g4 <laughs> yeah no that's awesome yeah because it sounds like you came in right when g4 started kind of hitting that when was it most popular like the 2006 into 08 kind of era because that's kind of oh, yeah. when youtube started and becoming a thing I also recommend, too, another one for those of you listening who haven't checked out that as well. Another one that I think you'd really like. Uh, there is a channel that has all the episodes that I can send you the link for if you want. But uh, it's called, oh, yeah, I love that. It's called Feedback. So there was, two sh there was two main shows that I watched. One was Sessler Soapbox, which basically was kind of, you know, how on the end of the, the gaming stream, Sessler does his, like, seven things I learned, sort of. It's basically yeah. like a version of that. It basically would be Sessler kind of rambling on about topic for like 10 to 15 minutes. And it was called Sessler Soapbox. So there's, I'm not sure where you can find that. That I haven't really found yet. There's a show called Feedback. And essentially what it was, it was a podcast, but they would have cameras in the studio. Again, it's just, it was, sometimes it'd be Sessler hosting it. Uh, later on, uh, Blair took over, and before that, you had people from the website that were hosting it. A lot of different hosts, but basically, it'd be three to sometimes four people, and they would just do podcasts, and it was every week, and they would talk about the news of the week, and then their thoughts, and things like that. Uh, so, I would recommend that. It's kind of, you know, podcasts, YouTube-related. Again, it was another thing that was kind of ahead of its time, It's it, and they only yeah, had it Yeah, it sounds website. like it was. Uh, so I recommend you watch that. They, they're they a little bit longer. They tend to go in an hour, but as time went by, they kind of cut it down to the half hour towards the bit. Uh, so that's another one I recommend. Uh, feedback and then Sessler Soapbox, if you can find it for anybody else that's listening and that likes that in-depth discussion. That was some of my favorite parts uh, I like besides the convention coverage. I, I was like you, learning about their street works and discussions and that, that i think that's why i like the convention so much because it was that amidst like energy and chaos <laughs> all mixed yeah. together which is why i really enjoyed it uh so so then okay g4 starts so then you're kind of coming in kind of fresh you know the attack the show next play this is kind of what you do know and then they bring in these new hosts they have Twitch streams and YouTube content. So I don't know. It's hard to ask you, you know, what you think it's like now uh, compared to what was then. But what do you think of what they're doing so far with everything? Um, I've really been enjoying what they've done so far. Uh, I think that it's, I it once like you said, it's kind of hard for me to say like how things changed as far as like watching G4 back then versus watching it now. Mm -hmm. But I think that they have adapted really well to this new format of creating content. Like they even have TikTok. Like I don't even I don't even like know what the first thing to do about making a TikTok, but they're <laughs> doing the TikToks and mm -hmm. they're doing really well. Um but yeah this new kind of interactive medium I feel like is definitely uh going to benefit G4 so much. And I think that I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure they were trying to be very interactive with their audience, um, even though it was originally on TV. So having this kind of medium where they can talk to their fans, they can um, like get to know them on a more personal level and get more information because everybody has like a little kernel of knowledge that um, you know somebody doesn't know. So it's really good to have like this kind of community. Um, and I think... I have enjoyed uh, the content that they've put out thus far. I'm really interested to see how they'll uh, bring things like you were saying, feedback back into the mix where they'll really do a deep dive on like a particular studio in the industry or a particular game. I saw the uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon video 
So mm-hmm. I was kind of, I didn't even know that. And I've been playing Yakuza Like a Dragon for a little bit. That um, it originally was like an April Fool's joke. So that was really mm-hmm. interesting to me. And I hope that they do more stuff like that. Um, and I also feel that although there's like all these new interactive elements, mm-hmm. it's a lot of what, it's like the core of G4 has continued through this um, this format. I don't think a whole lot has changed as far as like, the way that they've done things and the way they're going about it. But the new hosts, I think, are definitely bringing a new flavor to it. So I'm really curious to see like how they're going to transfer this process to TV and how they're going to balance the whole internet versus TV thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really liked what they've done, uh, they've done so far. And I don't think it's that far from what they were doing before. Just like a, a, new, a new format, I guess. Yeah, uh, and also too another recommendation. I don't know why you're you're bringing me out like all these recommendations. I guess because you're newer into the thing. But if I have to recommend, also there's another one, an older show, uh, back in the early days called G4TV.com is another one you guys should check out if you can find it. It's sort it's sort of it was like a pre feedback sort of thing, except uh, it actually did. They would have call-ins for people in the community and stuff, hmm. you know, would actually call in. So I recommend okay, that. Yeah. I think well. I remember seeing something like that on, yeah. um, on an X play. Yeah. I mean, feedback, they would have people write in emails and stuff, but yeah, G4D.com, you would like actually like physically call in. And that was a big thing. That's why a lot of people kind of want some of that older stuff to come back to. Cause it was more involved with like the community, but now that we have Twitch going on and you know, they're, you're doing no version of making it work for the moment, but I think there is a lot of potential there to bring some of that older stuff back because of the community thing being such a part of the industry now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering, instead of doing calling in, or if they, I don't know, because I think a lot of the, like, entertainment or, like, game, game entertainment, I don't know how you fuse those two words, but, like, gaming slash entertainment companies Mm -hmm. um i don't think i've seen a lot of them do like stuff like calling in but like almost all the content creators that are focused on gaming or maybe not even gaming they have discord so i'm wondering Mm -hmm. if they could do something like that during the shows yeah um it'll probably be easier to integrate too with it already being like on the computer um but yeah i think that they could bring those things back although i don't know if it would be like you're you're dialing it on your phone because you know even then that that whole experience has changed where most people have smartphones or even if you don't have a smartphone you probably have like a more advanced flip phone than we had like 10 years ago so yeah the whole experience is going to change regardless of like what technology we're using yeah and you can see them test running it because they're using Anchor, which is where I post all these podcast recordings, by the way. Uh, they've been using that where you can, you know, on the esports thing, Frost po- posts it all the time of just like, oh, you can call in or leave a voicemail or something through Anchor, which I didn't even know you could do that, that that was a thing. But that's like their own version of testing that out, maybe. So I don't know if it's going to be a mix between that and actual live in the moment call-ins or to go stick with one or the other. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that develops. Now, I Yeah, wanted, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to bring up too, because it's hard. Sometimes I'll ask people, Oh, was there stuff that they used to air that you want to see brought back now? You're still kind of getting used to it. So maybe as you delve into more old G4 content, uh, you might have, uh, more of an answer for this in terms of previous stuff they've done that you want to see maybe come back. Is there could pitch oh. an idea to you maybe? That's what I was. Well, I was gonna ask you if you have any ideas or if there's content that wasn't much of a issue or topic back in the day that should be talked about now. Uh, yeah, give me any ideas or pitches you've got because. Uh, we've had a couple on here on the podcast. Even the last podcast, we had a pretty uh, good pitch for a show. So this this is a good opportunity. Yeah. Uh, for one thing, I think that although people on like different social media platforms don't really enjoy long form content, G four is eventually going to become 
um, or it's going to be not moving to TV, but it'll have its own television show. And I think something that could be interesting, although I don't know if it would um, be interesting enough for them to put a full focus on it, is kind of like what I was saying earlier in doing uh, video essays or like the the documentary type thing, um, except I think that a lot of the time uh, when we watch these like documentaries, I don't really get to see the perspective of the like each developer that much. Like it'll maybe be like the creative director or the art director. But I'm kind of curious as to like what the life of like the developer for like, I don't know, Kratos' acts. Like, how does he go through that process of creating the the physics for it? Like, where does this stem from? And uh, like, how does he make that work with like the person that does the rigging for the body and stuff like that? Because I think a lot of people are really getting into uh, the gaming industry. One, because it's become like super lucrative, especially after the pandemic. But I don't think a lot of people really understand just how difficult it is to make games, especially with um, people asking for like uh, remakes and remasters and like sequels, like as soon as they finish one game. Uh, so it'd be interesting just to like really dive into that process and show people like, hey, this isn't as easy as just like, drawing a circle on a stick and then it turns into Kratos and then drawing a little axe and it becomes like a, a fully functional axe. Like it's really something that you have to work at and um, it's a lot of effort. Um, I follow, I'm pretty sure it's the official account for uh, Masahiro Sakurai who is the um, head of the Smash Bros uh, franchise and he's like the one that's helping to create these games and he said i think i believe he said that games are a lot more fun to play than they are to create which i feel like a lot of um artists or artists like people say that just because it's like you're very critical of your work so sometimes the process although i think you enjoy it for the most part it can be really tough. And I think that shining a light on that kind of perspective mm -hmm. and just showing people that, hey, like, although these games are really fun for, like, most, like, the common person, these really are, like, very, it can be very hard on people sometimes. Like, I didn't know the whole process with creating, like, the first Halo and, like, they showed off this really great demo at E3, and then they're like, yeah, that's not what the actual game is. So then they had to work super hard, like day after day, sometimes sleeping under their desk to get to that point. And I just think it's like really shown a light to me, just like how difficult these things are and how important it is that we need to give these developers and like everybody who's been a part of the process, like praise for doing these kinds of things. Um, which I feel like this could be like a whole movie on just like one particular studio or one particular game, but just breaking down like this whole process and how difficult it is. Cause I think also another thing is, although like, I think I generally understand how games are made. I don't really know like the nitty gritty details and I'm like a very detail oriented person. So I'm just like bring me into the room with you. Like I want mm -hmm. to witness everything that I possibly can. So I think like really getting in depth with these developers and really getting to understand their mindsets and their process for how to get from like a page of paper to like a, a full on AAA game, that would be super cool to me. But I think that's more along the lines of um, what you were saying with feedback and I don't know. I think it would also be interesting to possibly get some developers, like if they like understand what games inspired them and where they draw inspiration from. Cause I think that would also be pretty cool. Cause sometimes, you know, you notice that, uh, I can't think of a, a specific example right now, but you feel like you've, when you're playing like a new game, it's like, oh, I felt this like feeling before or this mechanic feels familiar. Um, so, you know, everybody draws from something when it comes to art. So it'll be interesting to see 
like what they draw from, why they draw from it, and and what the way they kind of make it theirs. Well, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same. Again, it's I'm in a similar boat with you in terms. That's what I would want to see more of myself because the the thing is, is that G four, what made G four special was that it was able to do all the stuff that we kind of see now, all the content creation stuff. But at the same time, it was an industry considered, you know, even though it was more media-based, it was still a journalistic place, like an IGN or GameSpot or things like that, where people went to the reviews, you know, not just for the silliness video content, but also, like, the serious discussions. They had, you know, they had people that wrote articles, wrote their own reviews, just like those other sites do. So far from Zuji 4 we haven't really seen much of that. We've seen them kind of have brief discussions on ev- events that have been happening, but mm-hmm. not to, you know, not to the extent that they used to do. I'm sure they might go more into it once the thing launches, but I'm wondering if they're going to go that route cuz I haven't seen any job openings for any sort of journalistic side of stuff. So I'm wondering if they do stick with just the full media thing, but let's say they do coverage at an event, are they going to have people, you know, go test out the games and talk about it? Is there going to be developer interviews? I'm not sure because that G4 managed to balance both of those things and make it work, which a lot of mm-hmm. companies have since tried to do, but not quite to the same effectiveness, I don't think. Uh, yeah. So, and it's weird because they kind of contradict each other a little bit. Well, one's kind of like silly and all that. And it's like, well, if they do all the silly stuff, how are you supposed to take their opinion somewhat seriously? But that's mm. what they did by having people like Sessler and Morgan and Blair and all of them. And then you had, you know, because then you would have the writers that did all the reviews were the ones who, you know, reviewed the games and wrote the stuff and all that. And then you would have the host that would kind of talk about it. So I wonder how that's going to work now. How are they going to do that route? And uh, I think I, it's something I would want to do, and I think this is something that you'd probably want to do too, is that's something I want, like if I was uh, doing something for G4, one of the things I wanted to do, especially at conventions, is either even like go visit every booth I could and at least talk to a developer for a few minutes. So even if you yeah. had yeah, the big ones, yes, but even the smaller ones. And it's like, let's talk to these people for a bit to get to know them a little bit. And then that could be like a smaller form of content, but then do, which it's popular now. A lot of people do it. But again, whether it's like a podcast or something, but just one-on-one interviews with people specifically, and, you know, it's easy to get ones with personalities, right? A Phil Spencer, the head of a company, uh, the head game producer and things like that. But it's like, what about the, the people, like one of the artists or, you know, or just one of the programmers? And, and granted, they might maybe be more tied down. But to be able to talk to those people is what I think is interesting, is what I will want to see. And I... Like, I don't know if you had Electric Playground, uh, like Victor Lucas, uh, uh, he's like a person I've liked, and I hope he finds a way to come back to G4 and he figures something out down the road, because I know he's kind of always been in that stuff. He That's the stuff he wants more people now to be aware of, is those detailed, small things. Let's love the big personalities, but let's let's talk to the people who work on some of these games, you know, and... Oh, definitely, yeah. You know, and maybe a lot of those people aren't interested in talking about stuff like that or they're not comfortable doing it, but there's a lot of people on these teams. So I feel like somebody would be down for it. But yeah, like, let me know what, like, give me insight to how the marketing of certain games work. Let me know certain things about the delays and all that. And I feel like what you and me would be down to also is there's you know you, you write articles and interview people that way but again i like having recorded conversations or live in the moment conversations with people as as i'm doing it you know that's the way i do it and then sometimes people will make a write-up and but that's not really my thing and i feel like especially you because you have that interest like you have the details and ask those questions you know so i feel like that's something if you decide to go 
more of a hosting sort of route, that you might be able to take that sort of journalism hosting thing, even though we're, you know, you're not a journalism major, but I don't think that holds people back. Like, I think if you're a good enough of a personality and host, I think you can get away without having the journalism thing as much mm -hmm. if, if the videos content's kind of your thing. Uh, but yeah, just to have those one-on-one -on -one discussions with people, I think that's something that you might want to look into for yourself. Uh, as, I've, you know. I've definitely, like, been thinking about that. What's funny is, um, my advertising major is actually in the, um, school for journalism, funny enough. So, a lot of the classes that I've taken thus far have been mostly about journalism. Oh, and there you go. I'm kind of like just now starting to get more into the advertising side of my major. Um, so there's definitely been a lot, a lot of new developers that I've discovered just by paying more attention to like the the gaming space as far as like indie developers, especially because I think there's been like a huge emphasis on indie developers this year. Thankfully, with uh, Jeff Keighley's influence, but also with, um, I think, PlayStation, Nintendo, and Xbox, they all have their own, like, indie corners or ways to show off indie games that have really become, like, huge successes like uh, Death Store, like Hades, mm -hmm. uh, like Eastward that everybody's looking forward to now. So I'd really love to get the chance to... Um, if nobody else does it, I would love to talk to these developers as well as like different people on those teams to really understand like what this process is like for them. Because although I don't think like this process of creating a game, marketing a game and publishing a game will change drastically within like the next 10 or so years, like 10 years ago. I bet this process has like hugely changed because the market for gaming has hugely changed. So that would be just like a great, um, I always think of videos sometimes as like little time capsules of like, this is what's happening in this moment. And this is how things are being done because we're like at a time where so many things have changed so drastically. Like even just like the pandemic happening within like the past couple of years has changed the way that I live my life very drastically which is um like it's it's crazy to think about yeah and you make a really good point too because even compared to g4 back then right you do see a lot of people try and get developer interviews with all that but again the majority of part it is bigger companies or indies that have also become hits and more people talk about them and things like that but Especially now, there's since there's so many developers now, there's really no even and even then with G4 and if they're gonna put content pretty much everywhere, there's really no excuse at this point to ever go. We don't know what to do. We don't know what content to put, especially when it comes to stuff like this, because there's so much developers out there now and so many sections to cover that you have enough for a while because you have the big developer coverage the indie coverage, but even with that, you have small indie studios, but even then, I, I, one ever interview I ever did on one of my Twitch streams was for this game called, uh, Katate Koyo, which is a game where you would, like, fight each other as cats, and it was, like, a 2D platformer, it's, like, 8-bit sprites or whatever, uh, it's a good game, you guys should check it out, but I was just streaming on Twitch, and then one of the people that was a developer saw me, and then he came in the Discord, and I interviewed him, and they just, like, made it in college. Like, like it was, like, a school college project. Yeah. And then they made A lot of to... these indie developers are doing that, and that's just exactly. insane to me. Because I'm like, I barely have time to do this interview. I'm like, how did you make a whole game? <laughs> yeah, and then so, and then they even got to go to E3 and stuff like that. So it's like, even then, I feel like there's even an audience for, especially with esports becoming a thing in college and stuff like that. Like, you can get a whole thing just for games created just in colleges much less small indie studios you know like there's so much there now to, yeah to, i think the grab. developers for uh splitgate they started out making that game in college and now it's become like huge so yeah that's it's, it's crazy exactly there's so much there now i i you know it's it seems like oh i've seen everybody do kind of same reviews the same people and it's always refreshing because things are always changing but 
as far as stuff that's not really been talked about or covered, there's still a lot there. There's a lot going on, and uh, hopefully they do some of that with this new G4. You know, I hope that's, I'm kind of agree with you. I hope we get to see a little bit more of that from them this time. Yeah, I know, like, getting into a lot of the technical aspects is going to be uh, very, it's going to become a very niche topic. Like, I don't think it's going to appeal to the wider gaming community that just want to possibly know about gaming news and then right. maybe get to hear a little bit from their, like, favorite developers as to, like, why they chose what they chose for the game. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that kind of catering to niche communities has actually helped strengthen um, not just G4, but a lot of, um, like, gaming personalities on YouTube, Twitch, etc. that have just really dove into like whatever topic they were interested in. And from there, they were able to build a super loyal community that was just able to create like a wealth of knowledge and just really like have some really good experiences. So I think serving niche communities can, can really be beneficial, but you do have to be like very committed to that. So. Right. Yeah, no, that's true. I think, I think you're right because this industry is so personality person based everybody's going crazy all the time yeah if we're not careful that niche stuff could disappear and go away if we're not careful the way that we're headed because you're right not as mean people are into that anymore everybody's like show me trailers this and that and especially this younger generation are just so used to having everything kind of given to them immediately and mm. all that so we need to keep that niche discussions happening so that way that part of gaming isn't ever lost. Because if we're not careful, we could become pretty close to that, I think, within the next yeah. couple of years. So I think I agree with you that having that niche stuff is very important. Yeah, well, I think it's it's okay. partially up to, um, like, the the bigger kids, I guess. I don't want to say, like, us older people because I, I don't, I'm like, I just can't. I can't right now. <laughs> like, I still want to be young. I'm still yeah. a kid. Mm -hmm. But it's up to like uh, people who are more mature, I guess, to kind of keep that those ideas alive and that interest alive. And like, we do want to know about these things. We do want to know like the technical aspects of this development because we really care deeply about this game or deeply about the studio. And we want to make sure that not only are you guys doing well, but um, we're like just appreciating what what you've done and trying to make sure that you can grow as a studio and like we can grow as an audience, I guess. And I do think it, it's going to be, it's going to be rough. I think that I, I have hope that people that are younger now, I feel like they will get more into these niche environments because I think a lot of the like shorter form, like flashy content it's not really fulfilling. It's very much so like, this is something to do at the moment. Now let me go finish my homework or let me go talk to my friends or something. Whereas um, the content that we're talking about, which is very like in-depth and very personal, I think that's going to be something that's more fulfilling that will hopefully be around for a long time. Yeah, I hope so. And, and again, it's just the... Uh the way people perceive things in the industry, especially right now, because there's a lot of hot topics, you know, very important topics, uh, sensitive topics, but things that need to be brought up, but a lot of things in the industry that needs to change or that should have changed yeah. a long time ago and hasn't. But, you know, people relate that to stuff. I mean, different discussions of being like, well, I'm not going to support them or this or whatever. And it's like to be in a position of being a person that's worked on that game that, you know... Uh, is not going to go anywhere or people are rebutting your game and things like that, even if it's like a person that wasn't necessarily involved in what was going on it's just collateral damage it's mm -hmm. it's things like that it's like how are those people taking it because we're so easy to be like oh well I, I, I'm not going to support this or I'm not going to give money to this or this company is ruined, this company sucks and it's and it sucks for the people that are working there that are good, decent people, because there's some in yeah. there, you know? And it's for them to be constantly hearing that when they're trying to make stuff and the people automatically disowning anything they're working on, regardless of what it is or before they even experience it, you know? Because 
one their a knucklehead of their boss or whatever was you know not that great of a person you know and it's just to constantly have that battle now especially since this topic has been heating up more and more and, and more of us not tolerating this crap anymore it's it's such i can't imagine that position to be in and just to keep the go through all that you know it's it's that kind of just just rem reminding people that there are other people that still work on that and even if a game is bad to not necessarily go like oh this is a terrible you know it might not be a good game or a terrible game but you got i think we need to be more careful of what we say too oh yeah definitely because there are people that worked on that game you know just because just like imagine how you would feel if like you made something and even the game wasn't great to be like, ah, this is trash, they don't know what they're doing, and, it, you know, it, it's kind of mean and harmful, and, I, and I've seen more of that appear recently, and people are arguing with each other on the internet over that stuff, and I feel like with all these bigger problems, these bigger problems are causing those discussions to happen, and I feel like we shouldn't be having those discussions, just focus on the big problems, we shouldn't keep delving into these other discussions, and that's what's happening, and so I hopefully we can find a way of kind of reeling things back in and just thinking about uh, not just, like, that specific focus of an area, but, like, everybody as a whole, you know? I mean, the Blizzard thing is sort of a a good way we're starting to think about it, but I feel like I've just mm -hmm. seen too many people argue on the internet recently with each other about stuff where I'm like, why are we arguing about this? Shouldn't this be, like, just treat each other as humans, for crying out loud? Why is this a thing? And... I, you know, yeah, so. I, I think, like, one of the unfortunate things about, um, like, developers and, like, different internet personalities, like, putting themselves out there is that a lot of people will really find that they enjoy their content or enjoy their personality to the point where they will defend them no matter, like, what they've done and say, like, oh, this person can't have done this because in my head they would never have done that. And I think that that's, like, a really dangerous place to be in right now in the gaming industry, or really in any industry. And I'm hoping that people don't hold these people in such high positions to the point where they can do no wrong. Mm -hmm. Because everybody makes mistakes. Everybody mm -hmm. does something that somebody else is not going to like. That doesn't mean that we should excuse them, but it also doesn't mean that we shouldn't hold them accountable. So... Yeah, I, yes. I'm hoping that, like, going forward, which I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I'm hoping going forward people aren't putting these developers or personalities or whoever it is in a position to where they can do no wrong because then it's just going to start those really dumb arguments of, like, well, this thing happened, but I, I don't care because I like this person or whatever. Like, as... Just like human beings, we should be trying to hold each other accountable and make this earth, this gaming community, whatever community you're in, a, a better place. And that means holding people accountable and calling them out on things that they've done that are wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's only going to benefit everybody because that means change is going to be made so that we don't have that happen again. Or at least it doesn't happen as often as it was happening before. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's really well said. I mean, we... Again, especially creators and stuff like that, we, I mean, that's the thing. It, like, for me, like, as fellow creators that a lot of us are here in this Discord, we need to keep in mind that these big personality streamers, at the end of the day, they're creators just like us. They don't necessarily have to be hold, held to this high regard. It's like, the audience and people, we made it that way. We're mm -hmm. giving them this power, but at the end of the day if without the people there they're no they don't have any more power than any of us else do and you know and there's yeah. and that's the thing it's so uh, we just gotta you know just yeah help hold the people accountable but don't immediately like destroy them for making uh you know a, a, a mistake you know you have to judge yeah. but sometimes people get destroyed for just being like like you said being human a little bit but at the same time, if they're doing something and you really want to change, we can change it. Especially if somebody that's getting fueled by an audience or whatever. All you got to do is stop watching a person. Again, I always like use this analogy too. Uh, whether it's 
Twitch or YouTube or whatever company it is, if, if somebody that is very popular and makes the company a lot of money all of a sudden does something really bad, you know, people are like, oh, well, they'll try to save them and things like that. But if it's, like, content creator personality base, if, like, the audience decides not to be there anymore or doesn't show up, if their numbers drop, all this is numbers. If you don't watch them and everybody just stop watching for a week or two, well, guess what? They're going to find somebody else to take that place. They're going to eat. Mm-hmm. As long as that person is like, oh, this other person's rising up. They can make us money. We're good to go. They'll easily replace the person. They don't care about the person. It's about the, the money that they're ranking in and all that. So that's the thing. Like, that can – it's we can change it by simply just not watching the person or anything like that. But people will still support that person, and then so you'll never kind of get to that point. So it's a uh, – yeah, it's so yeah, again, but you you said it you said it really well too with everything. Uh so and with that, I think it's time to start wrapping this up here cuz uh, you got to go uh take care of your business. Uh but first of all, thanks Swiper for being here. I'm glad to talk with you. I knew this was going to be a good discussion. I'm glad that you finally are hopping into an industry, getting more involved barely never. I think that uh you'll be able to achieve your goal. You're going to find a place that you're going to really enjoy and you're going to stick with it. And uh, we're glad to have you here in this community. Is there anywhere people can find you as far as like your content you want to plug, your socials? Sure, yeah. You guys can follow me at swiper underscore art on Twitter. And from there, I have my link tree with my YouTube, my Twitch, um, everything else. But uh, yeah, it was really a pleasure to be on here. I'm glad that I was able to to make the time to be here. And uh, I'll definitely have to come back after I've watched some uh, some G four content. We'll have to we'll have to talk about that. Oh yeah, for sure. We're gonna have to do a follow up because of the new G four stuff. But yeah, again, to watch some of the G four stuff because I'm really curious as to what you think of some of their other content. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, in the meantime, guys, uh, that's it for the panel room in this episode. We will see you on the next one where I interview another member of the G four community.